Newsletter, June 2020. Under One Sky. We say astrology as if it were one unified entity, but of course it is not. How many house systems are there, for example? Do we use asteroids or not? What about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto? Many traditionalists prefer to ignore them. Meanwhile, Uranian astrologers use hypothetical planets that no one has ever seen, Poseidon, Zeus, and, and so on, and they swear by them, and I hear they get good results too. As an evolutionary astrologer, much of what I say to a client revolves around the south node of the moon, but most commercial astrology programs do not even show its position unless you ask them to. Even more fundamentally, is astrology about the stars or about the seasons? To a Vedic astrologer, the sign Aries and the constellation Aries are the same thing, but not to a Western tropical astrologer where Aries actually starts with the position of the northern hemisphere vernal equinox, which has actually drifted back into Pisces over the centuries. To put it charitably, astrology is a big tent. To put it more pointedly, the many different branches of astrology contradict each other in fundamental ways. Inevitably, this reality leads to the question of which form of astrology is the right one, and there begins a slippery slope. Nice astrologers tend to take a tolerant, supportive attitude towards each other, while the mean ones spend a lot of time either attacking other systems directly or doing so indirectly by saying, my astrology is best, with the obvious implication that yours is not as good. I mentioned Uranian astrology a, a moment ago. I know very little about it, so I had to Google it in order to get my references to Poseidon and Zeus, right? The first website to which my Google search brought me opened with the words, the Uranian system of astrology is really our most advanced and evolved system of astrology to date. Well, I really aspire to being one of those nice astrologers. But obviously, the person who wrote those words has it all wrong. Anyone can see that my style of astrology is actually the most advanced and evolved system of astrology to date. Now, I am laughing, of course, and please laugh too. But in truth, I have never met an astrologer who knowingly practiced the second best kind of astrology that he or she had ever found. Bottom line, the contemporary world of astrology is a chaos of diversity. We are like the biblical Tower of Babel, with many mutually incomprehensible languages spoken all at once. It's like riding a subway in New York City. The situation has grown much more complex over the last few decades as well, as more systems and styles have emerged and grown popular and gained followings. When I was a young astrologer, we all at least had enough language in common that we could argue with each other. Nowadays, as I listen to a Hellenist or a Vedic astrologer, I often honestly feel as if I'm trying to follow a conversation in Bantu. I just don't know their words. 
and I am sure they would be just as confused as me were I to ask for their views on the karmic implications of Pluto transiting through a quincunx to a Leo south node in the Placidus 8th house. All of this brings me to the point of this newsletter. About 20 years ago, a young man of means in New York City decided to test the branches of astrology's tree and see which ones broke and which ones were strong enough to stand. The young man's name is Rafi Nasser, Raphael Nasser, and he is not quite so young anymore. His friends call him Rafi. He is alive and well and living in Connecticut. As Raphael dived into the maelstrom of our field, even back then, he said, quoting, I was encountering too many overly self-assured experts making extravagant claims. He added, quoting again, Increasingly, I heard astrologers vaunt their particular system as the system. My parentheses, those were the mean astrologers. Okay. Tellingly, Rafi also observed the well-intended but unwittingly deleterious effects of the nice astrologers. He wrote, at the other end of the spectrum, I was encountering astrologers who indiscriminately accepted far-flung astrological claims, notwithstanding their irreconcilable underpinnings. In his own words, Raphael Nasser had, and again a quote, stumbled upon the collective shadow of astrology. What was it that we were afraid to look at? He wondered, again quoting, how far do the symbols stretch before they snap? Being a practical discriminating Virgo, he decided to do something actively about the situation. His inner voice gave him a command. Gather astrologers from different traditions, and they will interpret the same anonymous birth chart. And that is how the book Under One Sky was born. We are proud to re-release it this month, both in print and in a Kindle version. What Rafi did was simple and elegant, not to mention quite generous. Twelve different astrologers were given only the date, time, and place of a woman's birth, along with a false first name for her. We had no further information about her at all. It was all pure astrology and nothing else. Rafi gave us each $1,000 for our troubles, and the light turned green. We were off and running, writing out an interpretation of her chart based on nothing but her birth chart in whatever fashion we wanted to set it up and our own disparate astrological techniques. Raphael Nasser, in other words, presented us all with a classic, okay, show us what you've got situation. No more boasting or posturing, just all of us putting our playing cards face up on the table. Meanwhile, Rafi asked the woman who was given the pseudonym Joyce to write an account of her life and a portrait of herself. That account uh, annotated with the dates of turning points in her life to compare with any timed prediction the astrologers might want to make. It stretched to about 40 pages, just her work. 
Each astrologer also responded to a series of technical and philosophical questions which Rafi posed. In the end, everything was bound under one cover and the result was under one sky. For anyone serious about learning astrology, I cannot think of a better investment of time than reading this book. I'm a nice astrologer. I, I don't want to make anybody else wrong unless they are hurting people. That's, that's the big difference. But I am also practical, and I do not think it is possible to practice all of these forms of astrology at once. That would be just too complicated and too fraught with contradictions, both technical and philosophical. At some point, you have to choose your path. Under One Sky is a long read. The book is about 500 pages long but it will put the serious beginner in an informed position about which style of astrology best speaks to his or her heart. And that may be Raphael's greatest gift to us right there. Under One Sky was published originally back in 2004. Some of the astrologers included in the book have evolved since then in their orientations. At least one of them has passed on, but most are still practicing today. Here they are, listed in alphabetical order by first name with their specialty indicated. Demetra George, Asteroid-Centered Astrology. Evelyn Roberts, Archetypal Astrology, Gary Christen, Uranian Astrology, Hadley Fitzgerald, Psychological Astrology, John Marcusella, Modern Western Astrology, Ken Bowser, Western Sidereal Astrology, Kim Rogers Gallagher, Lighthearted Astrology, Robert Hand, Medieval and Renaissance Astrology, Robert Schmidt, who has now passed away, Hellenistic Astrology, Ronnie Gale Dreyer, Vedic Astrology, me, Stephen Forrest, Evolutionary Astrology, finally, Wendy Z. Ashley, Mythological Astrology. For the record, I know there is potentially an appearance of impropriety in that my own Seven Paws Press wound up publishing Under One Sky. Question might arise among my detractors. Was I in cahoots with Rafi Nasser, with him slipping me the inside scoop about Joyce? Um, that unfortunate appearance was perhaps further exaggerated when Dell Horoscope reviewed Under One Sky and included this passage in the review. Quote, readers will come to their own conclusions about which astrologer was most on target. But for me, the clearest, most consistently accurate statements were given by Stephen Forrest. This is my favorite part, of course, you know. He places great weight on the position and standing of the south node in the natal horoscope, and from this was able to see her professional direction, her periodic disasters, and her self-proclaimed path towards personal growth. So uh, I published the book and I won the contest, at least according to Del Horoscope. It, it does look fishy, but, but here's what actually happened. Rafael Nasser has a Venezuelan cousin for whom I did some business-oriented astrological consulting many years ago. Through him, I met Rafi. 
I am guessing that our first encounter probably happened in about 1992 or so in Manhattan, uh, when Rafi started talking about his Under One Sky project a little later, he consulted me about suggestions for respected astrologers of various persuasions whom he might contact. I helped him out that way, pointing out two or three of the people who ultimately wound up in the book. Rafi's intention and my assumption was that he would find an existing astrological publisher. When he hit a brick wall in that search, sad to say, he turned to me and to my then wife, Jody Forrest, as a last resort. And so we published the book ourselves with Jody as the editor. We felt it was that important. I did not see Joyce's biography until a year or two after I had written my interpretation of her chart, nor did anyone else involved with the project except for Raphael Nasser himself. He kept a very tight lid on that information. Again, we didn't even know her name. While I am at it, there is another concern that I would like to address. Many astrologers would refuse to do a blind reading at all, the way the 12 of us did. Instead, feeling that for astrology to work, there must be a trusting conversation between client and astrologer. That is naturally a legitimate position for a counseling astrologer to take. I think it is certainly fair to say that the vast majority of us would prefer it that way. Obviously, there is much that we cannot see in a chart that is quite relevant to any practical reading of it. The client's relationship status, professional situation, gender orientation, and so on. Uh, so my attitude is along those same lines, that there is an obvious place for conversation and an exchange of information in the astrological counseling room, but with one important divergence. I never assume that my clients should trust me with any private information of that nature. Instead, I assume that it is my job to earn their trust. If someone wants to come to sit with me, fold his or her arms and just say, show me what you've got, I trust the symbols enough to accept that challenge. The question of whether or not astrology can work blind is what Raphael Nasser tested in Under One Sky. No astrologer was forced to participate, of course. For the sake of proving that astrology can actually stand on its own two feet, they all volunteered for that challenge. In Rafi's own words, quote, one memorable reaction was expressed by an older astrologer who was horrified by the premise of a blind reading as a means of validating astrology. He said, you're going to make astrology look bad. Rafi went on to add, quote again, his fear inspired the project. I love that line. This man's fear that astrology couldn't pass this test inspired the project. Rafi continues, my intention was not to make astrology look bad, but to raise a mirror to the face of astrology and to take a serious look at the image staring back. The project was prompted by the Plutonian impulse to invite the reader into the shadow of astrology. Blind readings apparently invoke the greatest fear and to turn on the lights. 
Okay, well, the healing power, my words again, the healing power of astrology is certainly enhanced if we have personal knowledge of our clients, loud and clear. But I personally believe that astrology is powerful enough to speak meaningfully to anyone and to do so based purely on knowledge of that person's date, place, and time of birth. After the project was complete, Raphael Nasser elected not to write a conclusion which awarded any best-in-show prizes. That was probably wise of him. Suffice to say, some astrologers did better than others. There is always something subjective about such judgments anyway. We can't get around that. When I watch the Olympics, for example, I can see clearly why someone wins the gold medal in the 100-meter dash. They got to the ribbon first. End of story. But I have never been comfortable with awarding medals for figure skating, for one example. Many of those skaters look lovely to me. And I can see that beyond their physical skill, each one has also made many purely aesthetic decisions. What is beautiful to one person might be less so to another, and giving anyone the gold medal in such categories always strikes me as being just as false as any other subjective top 10 list. If you read under one sky, you will come to your own conclusions. More importantly, if you are new to our field, you will be in a much clearer position when it comes to cutting through all the my astrology is better than your astrology, posturing and chest thumping. You will see the direction in which you want to travel illuminated. And that is perhaps Rafi's major gift to us. Contemporary astrology is a huge buffet. Under one sky is like a chalkboard menu up on the wall. Everything on it might look delicious, but your tummy is only so big. So, what are you having? Thank you.